Hey, After Buzzers, before we move on to your next topic, we just want to say thanks to our sponsor, Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. Plus, there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Also, Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. Plus, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership, and it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to Anchor FM to get started. The Jericho Network on Westwood One. You look to your friends. There's only a couple guys in the whole world that make me love pro wrestling, and you're one of them. You know all the bad shit you've heard about us? It's all true. But another thing that's true is we love professional wrestling, and that's why we're here. I'm not sports entertainment anymore. Talk to them, kid. This is a new beginning, and it starts tonight. A new day is dawning for DX. Yeah, what's going on, everyone? This is Xbox One Two Three Sixty. 360 Yeah, I thought I'd change it up a little bit. Yeah. We end up getting really monotonous, like, you know, the same the same spiel over and over again. So, thought I'd change it up. A little bit more mellow. Anyways, mellow. what's going on, Jimbo? You know, surviving. Tomorrow's yeah. a big day. Right on. So hey everyone, uh, we have uh, Bill Hanstock's not here this this week. Um, you guys already know because you're here. <laughs> Just telling everyone else out there. We have Scott Narver here from Wrestling Compadres. Thanks for yeah. having. Yeah, man. Thank you for coming in. Yeah, sure thing. And uh, you know, you do Wrestling Compadres, and you're telling me about a couple other things you have going on. Mm-hmm. You want to tell us real quick? Yeah, uh, in a movie with Johnny Mundo, David nice. Mays, that comes out August 18th. Yeah, I'm wearing the I'm wearing the Boone shirt. I love this shirt. I have two of them. <laughs> yeah, that movie's great. Um, yeah. That movie's out now. It's excellent. So, uh, yeah, Dave Minimaze, and then also I do this uh, web series, On Your Mark. On Your Mark. Yeah. So. Nice. What's it about? It's a wrestling uh, shoot Get series. <laughs> yeah, okay, so. Uh, Is it shoot interviews? Yeah, it's shoot interviews. Shoot? But it's all, uh, you know, it's all a spoof of it all. Gotcha. Oh. So, the Backyard Wrestling Entertainment Champion, Marky Extreme talks with wrestlers oh, and gets okay. to the real dirt of everything but even though he's he thinks he's on the same level as everybody else but he's not okay I get where you're going with that so yeah I gotta know, check it out we've had a how lot long of, is the, how, how long is each episode uh, ranges from like 10 to 15 minutes yeah nice so we just did some shooting in Slammiversary down at Impact and okay. uh, shot some more guys down there so D'Angelo Williams will be on the show oh, cool yes. man so. nice so but anyways um, a little bit later on everyone let me just go make the rounds. What the hell? <laughs> <sighs> Next to Jimbo, we have Denise Salcedo. Hi, guys. Yeah, they'll be here. Next to me, TK Trinidad. Hey, how you doing? Mark in the booth, Mark Donica. Yeah, that's me. I'm in the booth, and my sick name is Sick Mark. Mark. Sick boy. <laughs> I'm a sick little boy. Not WCW sick boy, but... So anyways, a little bit later on, we have... Um, I've known him for a long time, actually. Uh... We haven't been around each other a lot, but uh, I'm cool with him. And uh, his name's Kenny King, and uh, a lot of people know him from Bachelorette, but you know we know him from ROH and uh, you know Impact. And I knew him from having match with hit, with with him in uh, FIP. You've heard of that? 
Full Impact Pro? Yes, in Florida, which was kind of an offshoot of ROH. You know, Gabe Mm -hmm. Spolsky helped book that, too. And it was basically all ROH guys, but under the FIP banner down in Florida. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah, I was in, you know, I think a six-man or something with Kenny one time. And, uh, anyways, we're going to be talking to him a little bit later, but today we're going to talk about, um, you know, Great Balls of Fire. Goodness gracious. Yeah. (laughs) So... It was. I, I enjoyed it. You I know? thought it was good. Yeah, I mean, I, I didn't. You know, I mean, it didn't blow me away. But you know, I don't know. What do y'all think? What did you think of it? I enjoyed it too. Like it was a. It was a good show yeah. overall. Um, it's still the branding of it, and you know, the song and everything that happens. Were you ever involved in a show like that where they had a show where you go, "Why are we marketing it this way? Like, what is the realm of it? Like of." We're, we're naming it after a song, and we're doing sure. all 50s retro stuff. Yeah, yeah that's Vince. Yeah, is it yeah. just... I just sent a tweet out, I'm like, right before the show started, I'm like, you know, that's Vince, I'm like, we're going to make, we're going to call the next pay-per-view Great Balls of Fire, and then everyone's like, oh, that's a good idea, boss. <laughs> and that's what goes on, you know? They're all thinking, like, oh, God, that sucks, and then they're like, oh, yeah, that's great, boss. So nobody <laughs> ever tells him no? Oh, uh, some do. Yeah, some do, thankfully. Yeah. So, but and I understand why uh, you know you don't want to tell your boss his idea sucks. Right. Yeah, I wasn't really too. Yeah, the naming was kind of off. However, the... I kind of thought it was funny though after I started thinking about it and saw the graphic with the two balls. Knows <laughs> <laughs> there was only two. I wonder what that was all about. <laughs> Do you think that was done on purpose or on accident by any chance? There's no accidents. Come on. <laughs> I don't know. I was just like you know thinking about it. Like no, <laughs> it's just too similar. Anyway, before we get rolling into. Great balls of fire. Um, last night I uh, I ventured out. I don't go out that much anymore. But Steel Panther was in town, and uh, so I went and saw them. And Enzo Enzo Amore came, and so we hung out with Enzo last night. Dennis Rodman came. Uh, saw Paris Paris Jackson last oh, night. Nice. Uh, oh, wow. uh, Jeremy Reiner. How the hell do you pronounce? Jeremy Reiner. <laughs> yeah. Star studded. Uh, show at the steel panther yeah man what's rodman up to i don't know i was 10 feet away from him and we worked together and we've been on appearances together and uh talked about doing other ones and we never spoke one word to each other the whole whole time oh man that's just how he is yeah yeah i don't care i wasn't gonna say nothing to him either you weren't like i think do we want to get into Great Balls of Fire? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. I think for me, the craziest thing was thinking Alexa Bliss snapped her arm <laughs> oh in half. Oh my gosh, that was crazy. I legit was freaking out on my couch, and my wife was like, what's wrong? I'm like, look at her arm! <laughs> look at her arm! And then she just nailed her. I'm like, oh. Yeah, she could do this the entire time? No, but that was a really good match, though, between Alexa and Sasha. I was severely impressed, and I can not wait to see them go at it again. Severely impressed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that was wounded awesome. you. Yeah. <laughs> That's how impressed you were. <laughs> uh, but no, uh, for me though, I I thought the show had its moments that I really loved, and then moments I was just kind of like, Ugh. I was a little bit sad though with the main event because I was hoping that it did go a little bit longer. Uh, you know, I would have liked to see Samoa Joe, you know, kick out to that to more than not. Like not just defe- get defeated with the F5. I would have liked to see him kick out of the first F5, maybe even yeah. the second one. But that was just my personal, you know, like... We can't thing. have everybody kicking out of finishes. Look, I mean, yeah, there's huge matches like WrestleMania and matches like that where it's obviously, like, that wasn't Joe's... That wasn't his job that night. 
you know, and he it was a I thought it was a hell of a match. Mm-hmm. I thought the story was told well. I thought Brock sold well, showed vulnerability, showed that you know uh, that he that he was vulnerable, that you could get to him. And uh, those Brock Lesnar matches aren't are not going to be uh, these matches. Like okay, some people think a match has to be at least twenty minutes to be four stars or some like no, you, it's if for the like just for the sake of having a long match sometimes people have matches where the bottom of the crowd falls out and it i mean it's almost impossible to get the crowd back when we do that i mean it's not impossible i've seen it done and i've done it but man you almost have to start from scratch when when you lose the people and that's the thing about the match like whether it was the goldberg match or or this match uh with Joe, with Joe, um, it was it was never dull. You know, we were, everyone was always in it. You know, nobody ever went. I, I can go like, you know, nobody. Had, I didn't get distracted once the whole match. Like, let me go get something to drink, or you know, I was my eyes were on the, on the thing the whole time, and I really loved the style that Brock Lesnar works. No high spots, tackle, drop down, duck this, duck that. I'm so sick of it, all of it. You know, I I wish more people would tighten up their work and not have all these high spots. Yeah, that's awesome. I love the way it's. I I, I don't mean to put it that way because it's not because you can do a high spot without hitting the ropes. That's not what it means. You know that that's taken on a different definition. It just mean it used to just mean a high spot in the match. You know, but uh, anyways, like they're making you know the coquina clutch mean everything in that match. It's got. It's got that MMA blend to it. It's got that feel where at any moment this match could end. Yeah. And that's why I love the ending so much is that Brock is just almost out and then desperately catches Joe. And it yeah. worked. Just like in that's an it. MMA fight where someone's getting choked out, they reverse it. Matt Hughes and uh, was it Frank Trigg? That he's, you know, oh, the, Hughes, got, oh, yeah. Hughes got poked in the eye, oh. kicked in the balls, and then got the rear naked choke on him. And I was there for this one. And then he lifts him up, runs across the entire octagon, slams him, and then chokes him out with a rear naked choke. I remember Frank. I remember Trigg was guaranteeing he was going to take. Mm-hmm. Well, everyone, you know. But I just I remember that. Yeah, specifically that match. It's funny you mentioned that. And those uh, things happened. Yeah. And so they played that so well in that story that he just got him. Smojo barely got him and walked away. Wasn't smiling. Wasn't laughing. Wasn't. You know, he was hurt, mm-hmm. and he knew that he barely escaped, so I thought that was great. Yeah, uh, comedian Mike Lawrence, I was t- tweeting with him back and forth a little bit, and, you know, he made a made a comment, and he's like, you know, because I was telling him, yeah, I'm excited about this match, too. I haven't really looked forward to many matches as much as I'm looking forward to this one. And, you know, Mike Lawrence said, you know, imagine that, like a, a storyline based around, like, who's better than the other, who, what guy's better than the other, who's tougher. I, I I love that, you know. We don't have to add, like, you know, I'm banging your girl on the side or, you know, behind mm-hmm. your back or I stole, you know. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Build-up was really good. Yeah. I thought the one thing it was missing, but I understand how it started with Joe getting the attack on Brock from behind, but the stare-down between the two of them could have been, like, Hogan Rock at WrestleMania. Just yeah. the two of them, nose-to-nose, stare-down. I hope we get that eventually. Maybe, like you're saying, 
not this match because it wasn't the time, but at like a WrestleMania or at yeah. a SummerSlam, we'll get that. Yeah. Stare down, stare down, headbutt, headbutt, smile. Mm-hmm. And like, oh, this is going to be good. Yeah. yeah. So, but I'm just happy for Joe because he, he showed what's up. And, uh, and was and it was he was a very credible opponent for Brock and sorry there's just some guys <clears throat> that they used you know up near the top that would not be at all credible in the ring against Brock yeah you know even watching all the stuff to do research for Kenny King and seeing the beatdown clan and impact and how Joe would go toe to toe with Bobby Lashley and Kurt Angle and all these guys is like yeah he is the credible opponent that, oh, yeah. like you're saying who's the batter man yeah so. And, uh, you know, what about the rest of the show? What about that ambulance match and everything that went on with that? Uh, I thought that was really cool. I love the way uh, Braun was showcased during this match. I thought it was so funny during the uh, how Roman Reigns speared himself into the ambulance. I couldn't stop laughing during that part. But uh, everything that happened after that was just crazy. It was really fun to watch. You know, as a fan, I was really excited to see, like, what's going to happen. Like, is is Braun still going to be inside of the ambulance? Is he going to come out the way he debuted when he came to back to Raw? Like, Braun, like, what is going to happen here? And I, I thought it was really funny. I don't know what you guys thought about it. So, like, last part when... um he backed up into back the ambulance into that truck and it's just kind of like you're on that moment like okay well yeah like you were saying is he really in there but then like the over there was like some overacting it just felt like they kind of missed the ball on selling it to me it just felt like okay this is like I just felt like it was there and then they kind of lost me on as far as you know okay clearly by the angles he's not in there and all this other stuff so I don't know Mm. that was just the only part but the match was amazing yeah, and uh, I've heard like some people were complaining because uh, it didn't make sense unless it was a double turn. It was it a double turn? Well, we got to know if it was a double turn. Well, if it felt like a double turn to you, maybe it was a double turn. Why does it, why <laughs> do you have to have something like official in writing? Oh yes, this was a double turn. I mean, come on, people, just go with the just yeah. enjoy. And if the, and if it felt like a double turn to you, then cheer the guy you want to cheer. Yeah, and boo, you know, and or, you know, reverse the role, whatever. They don't wear yeah. shirts now. It says now I'm right. healed. I don't have a white <laughs> like face. Yeah. What are you doing wearing that white hat? <laughs> You're a bad guy. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was really that. amazing for what it did for Braun. Like yeah. Roman yeah. gets so much flack, and you know, people get sick of him or whatever it was. But those two guys have amazing chemistry together, and everything that it did for Braun, and all the moments afterwards of walking, watching him try and walk in his own volition away covered in blood and everybody trying to stop him and that's what you walk away with that match is just knowing who Braun is and how tough he is and what it solidifies him going forward that you care that it does so much for him what do you think about the situation they put Hawkins and Slater in it's fine yeah why that's what that's their job okay you know that's a that that match would have either not happened at all or you know would have been something like that. It's just I mean, you know, Kurt Hawkins he knew. I mean I heard I heard him make comments about it and make, you know kind of joke about it. Okay. But uh, that's just hey, that's your spot. That would you know I mean when I first saw the match I'm like well, boy, it looks like they're just in the ring you know like like they would be you know at the performance center just practicing or something mm-hmm. and there was no like rhyme or reason it was just you know they were just filling time that's all and nobody and you don't want to get hurt like that's a 
awful time to get hurt when nobody's even watching. So. Makes sense. Yeah. And, um, oh, you know, there's, what do you think of the, of the Iron Man tag match? I thought it was good. Yeah. I don't know if I like someone, uh, on one of the other after shows I was listening to, maybe it was George Ramosa was saying he's not a fan of knowing when a match is going to end. And thinking about it that way, I was like, yeah, that's kind of right. Because then it takes away the build of, like, oh, it could end at any moment. You knew it was going to go 30 minutes, but I really enjoyed the match. I yeah, love yeah. love the ending of it. Yeah. Too. I thought the ending was great. Swanton, and then Cesaro sneaks in for that last pin. Yeah. I thought that was awesome. Yeah, had it not yeah. been for that ending, I think I would have been, this would have been my least favorite match of the entire show. But the ending really did it for me, like what, the last five, seven minutes. What would, what, why would it have been your least favorite match without the ending? I think just for me, because I, I was expecting maybe a little bit more like fast paced, even though I know that it has to last the full 30 minutes, yeah. of course. Um, but it was just more exciting during the end, which obviously always happens. But in the beginning, I just found myself like trying to, you know, get into the sure. match. You know, you know, you mentioned that earlier where, you know, like Brock, Brock and Samoa Joe, we were like, we didn't miss any second, that's you know? Right. So that's kind of the issue that I so had. So maybe there was some t- points in the match where you could have gone and got a yeah. glass yeah, of water. Yeah, exactly. And I wouldn't have really missed gotcha. that much. But obviously yeah. I wouldn't have done that in the end. I, I um... I would have done it differently if it if it would have been my match to call. Like I don't I didn't like the pinfall right right off the bat with the boot and all that because I mean, um, if it was any other match, no way they would get pinned that quick off of a boot or anything. You know, I just all of a sudden because it's an Iron Man match, we can do like you know five pins in a row, and you know it normally would take twenty minutes to get one. I, I, that's the part. You know, I would have I would have stretched it out before they before they got the first pinfall. It would have been ten minutes or maybe longer, twelve. It would have been a normal site, a normal like your average length match before the first pinfall, like twelve minutes, something like that, you, and then gone from there. But do you think they did the first <clears throat> pinfall to kind of hook you in to maybe expect that this is going to be an intensity match, whereas if you didn't it didn't hit in the first minute? You're figuring, okay, well, I can go and get I, some soda or something like that. I have no idea what they were thinking, and yeah. and yeah, that there's different thoughts on that, obviously, because they're not, you know, it happens often in matches like that where you know they'll just Texas Death matches used to be that way, right? Well, you know, you would keep on getting pinfalls, and then the guy would have to answer the bell. You know what I mean? That's how that yeah. went, and so. Um, Texas death matches sometimes you would get falls real early and I didn't like that either. Or elimination matches. Mm-hmm. You know, like tag team eliminations. Yeah, that, like a they, survivor series if they type. Get thing. out right away then you go, yeah. well then they stick. Come on, right? Yeah. I guess that was my only nitpicky moment of that match was you know, play up the history of Sheamus winning at WrestleMania <coughs> against Daniel Bryan in under 20 seconds with a bro kick cuz Daniel Bryan was distracted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So play up that he's good at distracting people and then can knock you out with that boot in any second. You know, maybe just for the credibility of that. Sure. And that's mine, but like when you do it that quick, like it kind of, you know, it take, once you go there, you can't, it's hard to go backwards and like build the match. Mm-hmm. You know, you're now you're at this point and yeah. there was no build up before it. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm getting at as far as, you know, the flow and everything like that. Like so, attack him backstage or something like that to weaken Matt so maybe know. right away he gets... Yeah, I don't know. But um, it was a hell of a match, though. And uh, 
Um, what do you guys think of Big Cass and Enzo? I thought this promo was great, but then when he got destroyed, it just took away everything that he yeah. said. Yeah. Yeah. And I was wondering how they got the rights to so much Frank Sinatra that he was basically singing <laughs> the song. I was like, are they? You knew that. Yeah, they don't yeah. have to pay for that? No, it's, oh, his, it's, it's, his, it's him singing it. It's not oh. like they're playing Frank Sinatra singing it. Oh, I didn't know. Yeah. It's like anything under 20 seconds, too. But you said you were hanging out with him yesterday. Yeah. So did he say anything about the match or anything that went That was hopes? just his job. That was his job that night. And I get it. I would have done it differently, but that's me. And I have a diff- I'm have a different kind of worker than, right. than Enzo is. Different. I just would have, I, I would have uh, kept myself alive more throughout the match. Uh, all the guy, all, all of Cass's big moves. I, you have to have, and I've, I mentioned this on Twitter. Um, you have to the the key to wrestling a big guy like that when you're you know 200 pound or under is uh, knowing very creative ways to get them to get themselves in trouble to stop themselves, you know. And you know uh, the simple way of doing it is you know they shoot into the corner and go charge and then you move and they hit the post or something like that, you know. Uh, but, you know, there's so many different variations on how to stop somebody. All you have to do is use your head, you know, put your thinking cap on. And and also, I, I would, um, you know, when somebody's going to do a big move to me, you know, in the match, I they got to work for it. They got to work for it. And so I build a little match around every big move, actually, to build up to, to it, you know. So it's not just flat, uh, um you know, pop for the move and then back, you know, the crowd's dead again. You know, you got to keep them in it the whole time. And you can. Once you get the people, you can keep them in it the whole time. You know, you don't have to let the bottom fall out. But so what do you think it's is very difficult. What do you think is going to happen to Enzo now, like as far as his possible, possible storyline? You know, I've heard talk of like 205 stuff. I, I you know, uh, my advice to him is uh, don't, don't do the 205 stuff. <laughs> Stick, you know, do have, you know, wrestle big guys. And that, that's where the know, money is, right? That's where the money is. Is there no benefit at this point in time where he could have an entire show to himself? That if he, if he's if he's ruling 205 Live, if you tune in every week to see him talk, to see him wrestle, and that's his show, is there any benefit in this day and age for that? How's the show? You mean just 205 Live? Yeah, in, in general. general. I mean, it's, it's good. If you like Cruiserweight action, you know, that's what it is, but... It feels like it's missing something. Yeah. It's missing that element to keep you tuning in every week. Hmm. I don't know. I, I I mean I wouldn't I wouldn't totally rule it out, but if if I was him, I would be wanting to do something besides two oh five. That's all. What else was on there? You know, Miz and Dean Ambrose. Which I thought was good, but I just thought it was you know same thing. Yeah, it was there was nothing that stood out to me. Except for just Miz's heart is just a workhorse, mm-hmm. you know. Um, what do you guys think? I like seeing the the new characters in the Miz Taraj. Like I like seeing. <laughs> sure. The, I like seeing Axel and Bo Dallas do something different, being part of the crew, dressing different, having new characters. Like, yeah. That's what it seemed like that match was there for, and it needs to happen for those guys. And Bo Dallas is going to be something. He's going to. Uh, make a mark at some point. Trust me. I saw him. I saw him coming up in in Florida, and uh, and he, he has it in him. They're just not tapping into the right thing yet with him. 
He definitely has it in him. He's actually a hell of a baby face. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. The FCW days? Yes. Okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm st- I still, I'm not, I have not given up on him or actually several people around there. They just got to hang in there, you know? Curtis Axel, too. I love what they, from the haircut to the suit, everything they're doing with him is great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. awesome. And I really, I got to be honest with you, I wasn't really into the Bray Wyatt and Seth Rollins match. And like, so I can't even comment on how good or bad it was. I yeah. think maybe there wasn't enough of, the, of a great build to get people emotionally invested to, into caring for this match. Yeah. I think for me, it was more like, okay, I hope they put on a good match and that's all I can ask for. Because I, you know, as a viewer, I wasn't emotionally invested in either one of these guys. Yeah. I would like to see more of the play up of, Remember when we wanted the Shield to face the Wyatt family? More of that would have been cool for me, but it was all right. Okay, what about you guys? They had said on the telecast that it was the second time as singles competitors they fought each other, but to me it felt like fifty. You know, it yeah. felt like I had seen it so much, and it kind of like, um, you know, with the the Miz and Ambrose match. Yeah, where it's, it's that feel like well, I've seen this a bunch of times, but it's different now. But I guess it was different, but it just didn't come across that way. Do you know what match I felt like that about? And apparently, what not the case at all was the AJ and Kevin Owens match, and they've never had matches, right? I don't know why I was like, oh, them again. <laughs> <laughs> Did they work somewhere else that I, I mean, wasn't aware indies. of? I don't know if they ever worked on the indies, but they just their chemistry possibly. They just know each other so well that everything huh. just flows. But huh. I don't know. Anyways. Well, you know what? I'm trying to be mindful lately, you know, on the time here. I mean, we can... There's been shows, and, and you know, so, and it's, sometimes it's every bit of... Every single minute of it has been uh, captivating. But, man, three-hour show sometimes, man. That's a lot to ask of people. Too much. Yeah. yeah. And, like, last week, you know, the Bucks on and, you know, all the stuff we talked about, we kept it to, you know, not much over an hour, and I got... All kinds of thumbs up about that. <laughs> so, well, you think our wrestling fans they watch, you know, WWE, they watch everything else, yes. and they listen to the podcast. It's like yeah. that's a part time, if it's not a, a full time job. Yeah. yeah, it's a work week on top of you know life. So. so, everyone out there, like I am trying to be very mindful that we only have so much time in the day, and we have to fit all our podcasts, all our TV shows, and every other damn thing we do. So we got to eat. Well, before we move on to the interview and go yeah. to commercial, what are your thoughts on Austin Aries asking for his release? Not happy, and the company wasn't in there. Some apparently somebody in the company wasn't happy with him, and I'm not sure why. Maybe he rubbed somebody the wrong way. I who knows? Uh, I think that he had eyes on him. You know, before he even got there, he had a reputation, maybe. Um, but I thought, like the, I thought his work there was great. Oh, yeah. What I saw, and you know, I know Vince at one point was uh, liked him. I'm not sure whose bad side he got on. If he did, even I'm just speculating. And I talked to him, but he wasn't real. Like he wasn't just telling me he wasn't spilling his guts to me. And I've known Austin for a long time. He knows I'm a big fan of his. And uh, all I can say uh, is he did he did the right thing for himself. And you know, we can't. Uh, and I'm and for the comp. You know, it was the right thing for everyone. Because you don't want somebody that's unhappy uh, in the locker room. So where do you think he should go from here? Wherever he wants. And he can go just pretty much anywhere. Because he's that good. Yes. Yeah. So. 
um, I don't want to get into, you know, the political end of that whole thing, so. Well, when you say he had eyes on him and a reputation before he got there, do you think that they were testing him by doing whatever they were doing to him to see if he played maybe, ball or not? Maybe, I don't know. But decided, I know, like, maybe, I know he had some kind of an injury, too. Other than fracturing his face? I don't know. Nakamura? I don't know. No. Yeah. So, well, that, that might have been the one, but, you know. Well, but, he's got his book and other things going that's right. on. So. And, well, I, I think we're going to have him on the show soon. He was mentioning sometime in August. Oh, that'd be awesome. Yeah. Anything else? Do you think it affects his relationship with Thea now that she? That's a weird thing, yeah. Like, cause you want to be happy for her, and like, you know, the whole thing was like, okay, I'm here. Like, it would be great to get her here, and you know, and the whole time I was like, oh, don't worry, she'll end up there. No, it's right, but you know, I didn't know he was going to be leaving. So you want to be happy for her, you know? She's getting a break, so I'm not sure what that's going to, you know. That's up to that's up to them how they handle that, you know. It can be weird though. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So. All right. Well, we're gonna take a break real quick, and we're gonna come back with Kenny King. Yep. All right. What's up, party people? Roxy Stryer here from the Tomorrow Show with Kevin Undergaro. We're your twice weekly broadcast of One Man's Midlife Crisis and the Mad Millennials in Star Trek uniforms that follow him. And I'm one of those millennials, Lauren Legrasso here. We've had some amazing guests like Russell Simmons, Ileana Douglas, and Craig Gass. Coolio, right? Christian Blatt in the house to tell you to go to thetomorrowshow.com to check us out. We're live every Monday and Thursday from 10 to midnight Eastern. That's thetomorrowshow.com. Be there or be square, whatever that means. Hey, we're back here on X-Pac 12360, and joining us right now is a guy I've known for a while. Actually been in the ring with uh, uh, a lot of people know him from The Bachelorette now, and, uh, you know, he's a, he's a mainstay at ROH and uh, Impact, a.k.a. TNA, and um, uh, just want to welcome to the show right now, Kenny King. Thanks for coming on, Kenny. Yeah. Yay. Hey, there's a clap. Thank you guys for having me, man. Thank you. Hey, uh, first, I, I just want to, uh, you know, I... Uh, um, just want to ask how your mom's doing, man. Mom is doing good, man. I really appreciate you asking me. Um, mom is actually like they, uh, let's say as of March or May, the last week of May, uh, there's no trans- traces of cancer anywhere in oh, her body. Oh, hallelujah, uh, man. She's, you know, she's completely uh, recovered from her chemo. She's <laughs> she's as strong as I've seen her in a long time. Nice. Man. So it's... Uh, it's a blessing, thank God, and I really appreciate you asking. Yeah, man, because I, I just, um, you know, I remember when, when, when that happened, and, and just remember, like, I remember reaching out to you, and, uh, mm-hmm. and you, 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 things seemed kind of bleak, man. And I'm so happy, uh, so happy to hear that, man. So happy. Thanks, I think man. I thought I thought about that a lot, you know, actually, you know, over the months since I, and every time I would oh, wow, see or hear about it. you, I would think about your mother. So I'm so happy to hear that, man. Yeah, so. she's doing great. She's doing great. She'll be happy to 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 know that you know there's this. And I told her, you know, I, I, when I put that tweet out, and so much, uh, and I I, I want to thank everybody, including you, Sean, but everybody that reached out to me, and everybody who just uh, all my friends in the business and all my friends in general that just kind of you know reached out to me and, and and lifted me up. And I told her like we, you you have a lot of people that's out there rooting for you. And she's, yeah, man, she's and a that, fighter, man. She's strong as hell. And that and like. People, they can believe this or not, but when you have that many people sending that much positive any energy your way, it works. It does. It, it works. Really does. It, change, it changes your, you know, you, 
naturally like yeah you want to be positive about things but as a human and just how things go you you tend to always kind of look at you know what okay worst case mm-hmm. scenario but when you have so many people that are just sending you like you said that positive energy and it's it's almost like you feel like you'd be betraying them to kind of want to you know get back and sulking and whatnot so you have to if people are going out of their way to to to, to send you energy then uh then then you, you kind of have a responsibility to, to live in that yeah hey so you said you're not uh, before we were talking right before we uh we started uh rolling and uh um, you're in San Francisco right now. What, what are you doing out there? <laughs> well, I am. Are you allowed I'm to say? Undisclosed. Uh, I'm in an undisclosed location doing an undisclosed motion capture for an undisclosed video game. Ah, so <laughs> you so you're not necessarily in San Francisco even then. No, it's uh, a little bit. <laughs> Uh, northwest, an undisclosed location. <laughs> right on. <laughs> nice. um, man. Hey, I, I mean, there's a lot of things. I mean, and, and um, you know, I have, I have a room full of people here that have some questions for you too. But um, <laughs> I'm sure you do. Yeah, man. <laughs> but I do you remember when we first met? I do. I do. It was uh, in Florida. Yeah. It was actually the first the first time we we worked a match with FIP. It was in uh, either Melbourne or Lakeland. Yeah, it was one. And, uh, it was in uh, Melbourne, actually. You're right. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. That was uh, that's, that was a very big night for me. I was like, yeah, man, I get to wrestle Xbox. This is gonna be awesome. Let me. And I, I just remember just how just how cool you were, and just how much of a just a a, a leader in that. You know, okay, don't worry about it. You know, and you and you you just very. It's it's kind of it kind of made me want to be similar in a situation where you're you know you're wrestling guy who's got a whole lot less experience than you are and you just made it very easy and very comfortable for me yeah well i never told you that so thank, thank you man and and here you want to know my my memory of, of that matches and like i mm-hmm. didn't handle things like i got i got hot about like there was guys on the floor swinging chairs and they were swinging them yeah. like <laughs> pussies yep. You know, and I felt yeah. bad because I got hot, and I'm like, "This is how you swing a chair." And I think I broke Jason Rance's hand or something with a chair. <laughs> and then I turn around, and you hit me with one. I'm like, "That's how you throw a chair." <laughs> you remember that? I do remember. It was like a big. There was a uh, like a big feud we had. And I can remember watching you hit Chase with a chair, and I was like, "Well, shit, let me get mine in for you." Yeah. Me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. But I mean, even though there's like you know a small crowd, man, we can't be like either don't either either swing it or don't pick it up. That's all. That's it. Absolutely. Yeah. One hundred percent. You know, even small crowds, big crowds, you have the same responsibility to create that same atmosphere, no matter who you're you're working in front of. And that was like I don't know. It was like 2008 or so. I'm not even sure what what year that was, but um, uh, you hadn't been to ROH or, or um, well, you know, no, actually, if you were an FIP, you had started working with ROH too, right? Uh, I think. I mean, I moved to Florida maybe about a year or so before that, like around 2006 or seven, like late six, early seven, and uh, I was at that time ROH FIP was. Sort of like a feeder for ROH. Right. So the guys, so they would bring in guys from ROH to, to FIP to to work working with the guys and just see who you know who can hang and who can go. Sure. So I was at that point kind of just starting to get noticed by Gabe uh, enough to where he not not too long after that match is when I got brought up to Detroit to do my very first ROH show. All right. Now, are you where? What? Where are you from originally? Originally, I'm from New York. I was born and raised in Queens. Uh, I lived in, I moved to Florida, I went to high, high school in Florida, I went to College University of South Florida. Uh, Tampa? And, 
Yeah, Tampa. Oh, nice. That's where I, I used yeah, to go there. You know, I used to go to the Sundome for like after the and, and championship wrestling from Florida County. Did you ever watch that as a kid at all? No, I didn't. Well, I, they used to run at the Fort Hesterly Armory. That was like the big famous building, you know, a lot of world title mm-hmm. changes and everything. And then they, they moved from there and they ran every Tuesday at the uh, at the Sundome. And that's where I saw some amazing stuff, man. And I won the WWF tag team titles there. So sweet. Nice, nice. Yeah, man. Yeah, it was cool. I, um, I've, so I remember like my dorms were right there and he's always up at the Sundome all the time. And then. Uh, a couple of years ago, I finally got to wrestle there. TNA, we did a we did a house show, or maybe it was TV. I can't remember, but we did, and we got to wrestle at the Sundome. So I finally got an opportunity to wrestle at the place where, because that's where all the football locker rooms were. So it was cool. That whole thing came full circle oh, yeah. for me. Hey, how was training with Al Snow and uh, Chavo? Where'd you do that? Tough enough. Oh that was, shit! That was tough enough was in season LA. two. <laughs> yep. Oh wow, that's not where you that trained. Was, uh, was that was that your first original training? Yeah, that was it. That was how I broke in. Uh, tough enough. I, I was walking. I'd moved to Vegas to go to UNLV to, to kind of finish up my school and then finish playing ball. And uh, I got the bug. I, you know, I, I was. I watched the first season and I, the whole athletic comp- competitiveness was like, man, those guys aren't even athletes. I know I could do that because I've always been a wrestling fan. And and, and uh, man, man, t- okay, because not everyone that was uh, a, con- a contestant and tough enough. Uh, you know, most of them had some kind of experience prior to going there, didn't yeah. they, or no? Not a thing, man. I, the first bump I ever took was the first one in, in, in a tough enough ring. Wow, man. That's so, pretty impressive, man. <laughs> well, thanks. I mean, that's kind of what uh, – it was just a strange thing for me because I really just wanted to be on MTV. You know, I just wanted <laughs> to be on MTV and see how cool it was to, to try to be in this wrestling thing. And then, uh, you know, Al really kind of looked at it as if he was like – molding you from start you don't have any right. bad habits you don't have any of this you don't have any of that so this is we're going to start you off on the right foot and he's right too man amazing. he's right because so many people they start off either you know uh training themselves in the backyard or going to somebody mm-hmm. that doesn't know what they're doing you know what i'm talking about and i do and yes, then, i do <laughs> yeah and then you get in there with them and they're just full of bad habits and it's man once they're instilled in somebody you know so yeah, to get it's you fresh like that, to get you, and that makes sense, man, because you're really like your work's really tight. Uh, um, I, I really enjoy, like I enjoyed working with you uh, even back then, man. I wouldn't have had a clue that you that you that Thanks, you were man. that an experience. So, well, hey, you guys have you guys want to jump in here? Hey, Kenny, this is Denise. How are you? Hi, Denise. Good. I'm good. How are you? Awesome. Good. So I want to know, you know, starting off in Tough Enough with no prior experience, was it a shock to you how much toll wrestling can actually take on the body? Uh, do you know, it, it It wasn't so much a shock, like physically, how much of a toll, because, I mean, I've been watching it since, you know, WrestleMania 3 Demolition vs. Force. So, like, you, you can tell that there's obviously a physical toll. And I played football, and I know that anytime you slam dudes up against each other there's things uh you know there's things going to get broken and people are going to get hurt i think the most the thing that blew my mind most about wrestling is just how much there is to it uh and how much how much intricacies there are to it to actually do it well and how long it takes to do it well and how many things in a wrestling match there are to be paying attention to and and uh and how much is actually going on uh so the more that i learned 
the more that I was like, wow, I had no idea that this was, I mean, and 15 years later, I'm still learning <laughs> and I'm still kind of coming to that point where, wow, you know, I, there's, there's so much more to do and there's so much better that I could be if I could do this, this, and this. So just the fact that it's not just putting on spandex and taping up your wrists and, 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 you know, throwing each other around, there's a whole lot more to it. You've been hurt really bad at all, Ken? Uh, knock on wood, which is my head, uh, not too bad. <laughs> Uh, you know, I've got everything, you know, 15, 16 years in the business, everybody's got residual injuries, I've sure. got shoulders and, and knee issues and, and, and ankles, but I, I really, uh, I mean, I'll be 36 next week. So my, for me at this stage in the game to keep going strong is about preventative medicine. So I'm big yeah. into yoga, um, stretching and just trying to keep my, myself, uh, as flexible as possible so that, you know, I, I, I don't. Uh, run into that guy, that injury guy. Sure, and and you know, I, I know it's about about you uh, that sticks out is you have a you have a great body, but you're not overly bulky. You're not carrying a bunch of extra weight around. And when right. when people do that, it doesn't matter whether it's lean body mass or fat. It's still extra weight on your joints and on your heart. And you can, and it's it, it hinders your flexibility. You know, the, if you if you want to be super super buff, you have to be super flexible too, because this is a I mean, everything, your spine, your neck, your, 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 your muscles, everything that we do is against what God intended you to do with your body. So if you're going to do that and then on top of that be, you know, inflexible, then, then you're, you're just looking for something bad to happen. All right, Kenny, uh, TK here. Uh, question. So how do you... Hi, How are you doing? Good. Good. So how, as far as your portrayal on The Bachelorette, how did you feel after you watched the show? For me, I feel like the uh, the biggest compliment that I've that I've gotten so far from, and these are people from people that know me, uh, my friends and my family, and people that are like close to me. The biggest compliment that I've gotten is that you know when they say to me, "Well, you know, I, I when I watched you up there, I saw you. I didn't see any different. I, I, I felt like you know it was it was you, same as hanging out here." So. For me, I just wanted to portray the most authentic and, gener- and, and uh, genuine version of myself. You know, this was a—it's a weird situation. It's a—it's completely out of anything I've ever done or anything that I'll probably ever do again. Uh, but I didn't want that to make make that make me portray a different part of myself. I just wanted to be who I was, and and and, and if you like Kenny, you can love me or leave me alone. And I feel like, uh, for the most part. Um, they didn't. They didn't set me up or put anything. Everything, every way that I was portrayed is is how I am, and how I was doing. So, so you were happy with. So you were happy with how? Because I mean, you, you and I know, like, just from being in, you know, TV uh, uh, business, how they, how anyone could take take our stuff and chop it up and, and make it look however they want. It's happened to me. So I Absolutely. mean, you were happy. And, and here's the thing: what I'm, I'm assuming that you didn't give them much to uh, use against you. Right. That's and that's that's the good point, Sean. Is uh, you know, for me, it was less about uh, well, let's go out here and be a certain way versus well, let's just not give him anything to hang you with. Um, uh, Above and beyond, you know, uh, overwhelmingly, obviously there are things that I'm when I'm watching and I'm like, oh, it didn't happen that way, or "Uh, that's a little. I don't remember it that way, but you know, mostly. 
I, I can't really complain. I feel as though they portrayed me and, and the situations that I was in pretty accurately. And you portray, and like you were saying, you you portrayed the authentic you, and and you also represented yourself and uh, the wrestling industry fantastically, Kenny. Tremendously, well, man. You. Yeah, I just wanted. You tell know, I you didn't that. want it to, to be stereotypical wrestler. You know, be out there and and, and be Mr. Meathead and exactly and be the, that the guy Meathead is exactly the word I was thinking of. Because <laughs> you, you know, you know, Sean. There's there's a, a small percentage of us that are like that, but the overwhelming majority of us are completely different. Because what we portray is yeah, somebody we're we're being on TV. It's a character we're portraying. Because you got so, like to, and you know this, Kenny, because you're one of them. You ha- you have to be very intelligent to really be successful in this industry and the meatheads are in our industry but they're not really they're not usually like at the real at the very top of the of the card mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you have to be able to use your head you have to this is a business that if you just think that you can look like a million bucks and you got nothing upstairs then then you'll probably make them you'll probably make someone else a million bucks <laughs> yeah. yourself. hey kenny jimbo here how would you compare Yo. Tough Enough to The Bachelorette as far as competitions go on reality oh, TV competition-wise? Uh, the funny thing is is that I actually thought that I had a little idea of what to expect because I was on Tough Enough. <laughs> and, you know, it's a, oh, it's reality TV. It's completely different, but it's... Uh, but it's similar. You know, it's a competition. You're going for WWE contract. You're trying to win this, this woman's heart. Uh, but that's where the similarities end uh this was a completely different animal 100 percent uh there's no you know we're tough enough we train we trained we're in we're at tracks at eight we were at optimum fitness by four but after five six o'clock you kind of had the day to do what you, what you want to do you want to go to the gym want to go to the grocery store you want to go whatever right. uh on the weekends, we didn't train. We'd go out, and if you remember, tough enough, you saw that we got in trouble when we did that. But we had, you know, at least enough rope to hang ourselves. Uh, the Bachelorette is very contained. Uh, there's lots of everything. Your sensory deprivation, everything deprivation. There's no, you know, music. There's just you're you're kept focused on the situation, and that's by design. They're very good at creating. Uh, that atmosphere. Are you sequestered? So, Are you sequestered from everything while you're while you're doing that? Yes, very much so. Yeah. And you, so no no cell not, phones. Again, you're not allowed to do any of those things. I said. So when you're not when you're not seeing Rachel, it's not like you'd be like, hey man, let's how about the four of us we go to the beach or we go do this? No, no watching TV. No get no watching TV. No getting on the laptop or the cell phone. No nope. surfing laptop, the internet. Cell phone. They take all that stuff. Right. They take all that stuff when you when you touch down. So when you were talking so, to your daughter, they handed the cell phone to you. Was that all kind of planned? In advance well that was one of the things that i you know i was very uh very adamant about you know if you guys want me to do this i i'm not going to like try to be the special person because i'm the only one with a kid here but i am going to need to talk to and interact with my daughter and she needs uh, and to talk no to you what's that, What's that? And, and, and more importantly she needs to talk to her dad Exactly, exactly. So, you know, but there were some of the executive producers, one of them, uh, his name is Bennett, he's phenomenal, he's got kids, and he was very, very, very uh, instrumental in making sure, every time I saw him, have you talked to Mackenzie, have you talked to her? So they were very cool about it. I got a chance to, you know, FaceTime her once a week if we weren't traveling, but I mean, obviously going from, I have, I've joined custody, so I've got her every other week, we, you know, we're we're very, very, very tight, obviously, everyone can tell. And it just, I hadn't 
really ever been away from her for that long, that period of time, since she was a baby. How long? How so, long? How long were you away? Uh, seven weeks. Seven weeks. Wow. Wow, man. And can I, let me can I ask you how how you uh, were considered to be part of the Bachelorette? Uh, the funny thing is, you know, people ask me that too. Like, well, where did you send you? I, I, I didn't send anything in. I got a phone call from an, an ABC producer. So, like, to back up a step, I have a friend who does who writes a Hollywood blog. Okay. And you know, he's he's pretty. Uh, you know, he's 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 in the in the, in the scene. But and he just kind of brought the subject up to me. Hey, man, would you ever be interested in doing like the Bachelor and the Bachelorette and whatnot? And we just laughed. It was like, yeah, whatever. Like the the wrestler Bachelor. So it was a joke. But I said, sure, whatever. I'm up for everything. I'll consider it crazy thing three weeks later i get a phone call from an abc producer asking me the same question so i i'm a joker you know me i like sure. i crack jokes so my first my first response to that was well you know i'm black right <laughs> 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 and, you know we he popped and, and we laughed about it and he was like yeah that's kind of why i'm calling and uh and again even then as we're talking about it and we're trying to set up some time when I can come to LA and just talk to the producers. I still don't think this is happening. Right. Even after I'm going to talk to the producers, they sent me some paperwork, you know, fill this out and we can, you know, start the next step. I still don't think it's happening. And I actually was here in San Francisco at an undisclosed location in February yeah. uh, when I got the phone call. And I was still like, what? You really? He's like, yeah, we want you to do it. Like, All right, well, cool. <laughs> I guess this thing is actually happening. Wow. And, and, and were you really interested at all in finding a significant other at that time I, I still am yeah no i really am i mean i uh, i'm like i'm 35 i'll be 36 my right. daughter's 10 uh i've been wrestling 16 years i've been all over the world i've had my fair share of fun you know sure. but <laughs> as you get older and you get <laughs> yeah see like somebody like that uh, <laughs> but you know as you get older uh i'm looking for just I'm, I'm looking for someone to build an empire with so uh and that's you know someone who's who on paper that sounds like rachel you know she's yeah smart, she seems very, not, very nice classy beautiful she's got all those things that that i'm looking for so yeah i mean i i, I definitely was not like oh i know i can go on uh, on a reality TV sure. show and find my wife uh, but I was just open to whatever. If this was going to happen, I'm open to it. If not, I'm open to it. But it's, it's going to be a good experience. So after the show, um, how has your DMs been looking? <laughs> <laughs> um, there was a small nuclear bomb that was set off in my DMs. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, I really, it does go down in the DMs, let's just say that. <laughs> Well, fill us in, you know, about the DMs, because some of our listeners aren't, may, might not know what you're talking about, oh, TK. Boy. Okay, well, have you checked your uh, DMs well, lately? Uh, I checked my okay. own, well, yeah. What I'll, say <laughs> is that I'll just say that there are, uh, there's lots of people around the country that were, uh, that were touched by the, <laughs> by my story, and they, right. and they liked seeing me on The Bachelorette, and then there's a lot of uh, women that kind of feel like oh. Rachel missed out. And they shoot their shots daily. So nice. <laughs> I appreciate. Oh, so it. your it, DMs cool. are open. They're popping. <laughs> yeah, yeah, my DMs are open. So you can, so even if you don't follow them, they can DM you. Yes. Hear that, everyone? <laughs> <laughs> so, are you interested in doing Bachelor in Paradise, or maybe being the Bachelor yourself now? Uh, I didn't do Bachelor in Paradise. Thank uh, it just didn't work out with my schedule. Uh, they already filmed it. Uh, 
And, you know, as far as The Bachelor's concerned, I've, I've gotten a lot of, uh, which I didn't even think would be was going to happen, but I've gotten a lot of, of people on social media uh, that seem to think that I would be fantastic as the next Bachelor. And I just feel like that's a bridge that we'll cross when we come to it, if and if and when we come to it. Yeah, they definitely portrayed you. Um, they, How they portrayed you or how you portrayed yourself on the show is really, really um, well done. So now... Have you spoken to Rachel since? Because it's done airing. So have you spoken to Rachel since everything is? She's been kind of like. Uh, no, I haven't spoken to Rachel. So on the show, there's like four people left. Any idea who mm-hmm. you think might be the one? Oh, I know, but I can't tell you. <laughs> <laughs> well, is he a, here's what I will say: Is okay. he a person of color? Every one of those dudes in the final four. I mean, you let's. We could even run it back to like the final nine everyone once we got to and even before that with the exception of like Lee uh, you know the final 12-15 guys these are all like elite top quality dudes so if we're and narrowing it even further than that to 9 and then when I got released to 6 and now to 4 every one of these dudes is is, is top quality A, A1 uh, good dude so she whoever she picks uh, she's, she's going to be doing just fine you know, th- this was a situation where it's not like, ugh, she's, how could she, she's going to end up with this guy and she's going to feel this way. I feel like anybody who she picks at this point has a capacity to make any woman happy because they're just good dudes. Mm-hmm. Hey, Kenny, I know it's like you were talking about uh, your daughter and how, you know, uh, about her getting caught up in this. And what do you mean, what do you mean by that? Well, um, we know what a work is. Right? Sure. Yeah. Okay. How to, how, how, how to to stare work in the face and still and still play it like a shoot. Right. Uh, my ten year old daughter does not. So uh, what I was scared worried about was that she. I mean, she already loved Rachel, uh, and you know, this is what I expressed to Rachel was that if I bring you to my hometown and you know my mother and my sister one thing but my daughter is there's going to be cameras and there's a, this is a thing she if it's not meant to be she may have difficulty being able to separate that because she thought oh they're there I thought this was going to be this and I'm just real big on uh, keeping the emotional strain on my child from the things that I do at a, at a bare minimum yeah and, you know, and so what, were that you... could were you uh, were you worried about her maybe getting an emotional attachment to Rachel and uh, you know and then things not working out? Yeah, that type that's of thing? all I was worried about her getting getting emotionally attached to Rachel, her getting kind of her, her head set on this situation, and then if it doesn't happen, then what? You know, and then how does she feel? It, it just to me, I wasn't if I was sure, um, either both way on my part or on her that she was sure about me, I would be more apt. To, to dive right in and be like, look, it's going to be all right. We'll, we'll push through it. Sure. But I just wasn't sure. And it's not, and I don't gamble. I'm not going to gamble with, with, with my daughter's emotional well-being uh, just to, you know, stay on a TV show. The thing is, is like, okay, there's a lot of people that think they're sure about, about someone else in way like in a way shorter amount of time than seven weeks, especially mm-hmm. like when you consider you were around her every day, right? No, no, that's not how it works. How did that work? <laughs> um, uh, so it's basically, you know, you, you, you only see her on dates. So if you have a date 
you would see, you know, if you have a group date or a one-on-one date, like that would be the time that you'd see her for the week. The only other time that you'd see her would be like at a cocktail party, the rose party. So if you didn't get a date, there's plenty of guys that didn't get dates all week. <laughs> so you can go a whole week without seeing Rachel and only see Rachel for 10, 15 minutes at the cocktail party while you're trying to spit your best game yeah. to get a rose. So it's, uh, that's one of the other parts about it that's so mentally kind of uh, draining is you, you don't have a lot of time and you've got to do your best work. And every time you see her, like, you know, it, it's, it only really just breaks down the moments. Every moment that you have with her, you have to make memorable. And if you don't, then chances are you're going to end up going home. So uh, you just have to, because you don't have that much time with her, every chance you get, you got to shine. Right. Kenny, on those dates, were you given any sort of direction, you know, for the show? And was there ever any time where you were hesitant of doing something? Um, it, it for the dates, you know, I, I there was never any period of time that I experienced where I felt uh, that they were trying to get us to do anything, because I really never felt like I was ever going to really be that person that if they were trying to goad me in a way that I wasn't going to go, I was, I'm just not going. That's just not what I'm going to do. But, uh, you know, there, there was never a time where I felt like it, it, whatever happened, happened. I felt like the producers did a good job of just setting the scene and just kind of letting the characters play out the scene. Um, there was really never a time. I mean, there was things that I wish I would have done. Like I wish I would have went and played basketball in front of Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and freaking mud wrestling nasty ass mud in front of in a bar. But uh, there was nothing ever that I was like, oh no, I don't want to do this. Uh, and they were like, you have to do this. Hey, what? What? So if you didn't get a date, what were you doing all day? Kicking it, bro. Just you chilling. Kick it. With <laughs> no TV, house, no nothing. You're either at the hotel or the house. You. You know, you try to stick to your, all right, I'm not going to start drinking until 7, 7.30 right. tonight. Because, <laughs> like, you know, you can re- you only read so many books or be in, you know, swinging the hammock or throw the football or work out. And, yeah. and then you look up and that's, and it's only 12.30. How much is, how much is alcohol playing, like, the, you know, um, as far as, you know, every, as alcohol use and, and, and the show and how it affects it? Well, I feel like this. I mean, in any situation that where there's alcohol, like, yeah, there's as much alcohol, any kind, as much of it as you can drink ever, right. all the time. But you still, this isn't, it's not like, you know, freshman year, college, spring break, Cancun, you're an adult. Right. So everybody's still kind of expected to behave like an adult. So, yeah, you can get hammered sun up to sundown every day if you want to. But but, uh, but now like the bachelor bachelor in paradise rules like they can only have you know a drink what like three drinks two drinks an hour and you know you got to leave all your drugs you know you got to give up all, <laughs> I, you know what I mean like so yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean that's that's, that's a, different a different situation, situation though because, yeah because those are those it's, it's co-ed you know right. and and the situation under which that happened you know those are they're uh, unclear murky details right. obviously it wasn't you know it whatever happened wasn't too you know whatever happened wasn't too far to the left or else it would have never started shooting it again exactly so, but i feel like in that respect like with us it's just a bunch of dudes sitting around a house and the worst thing that could happen is we get drunk and start fighting you know? sure and uh, and you know that's why I was wondering around is different. That's why I was wondering about the alcohol, like and and if that played a part in any of the uh, you know 
friction with any of the other uh, competitors. Well, I will say that uh, Jameson did play a little part in my uh, altercation with Lee. Verbal dressing down to Lee uh, in Norway, <laughs> in my creativity, <laughs> in my final high spot on Lee uh, in, in Norway. Jameson did play a small part in that, but that was just helping me find the proper words to tell him what I was thinking. Now, has he reached out to you since then, since he claims he's like the southern Who? gentleman, Lee? Oh, no, Lee, no. I don't I don't foresee that. Uh, Is that. We've got the mental all coming up next week, and I feel that like that'll probably be the last time I ever see or, or speak to Lee. And do, and do you really think much about him? I mean, does he take up much space in your and in, in much free rent in your brain? I mean, after all that? No, man, that was the thing. It was really starting to piss me off because I, yeah, okay, so he interrupted me. I checked him. I yelled at him, and I was ready to move on. And then the shit followed me for like three weeks. You know, every other week, I'm ready to talk to Rachel. She's talking to me about Lee. So it was so much less. It was more frustrating for me because I didn't care. I was like, yo, I didn't choke him. Throw him through a window. I yelled at him. If I can't yell at a man when he's when if he crosses the line, then what am I even doing here? Yeah, right. In uh, our in our world, that's no big deal. It's okay. We had some no we deal. had some words, and now hey, let's go have a drink. Or or you want to be an asshole? Like okay, we'll just stay away from you. That's it. That's cool. Yeah, yeah that's it. So for it to continue to be, I, I mean, it was kind of it was crazy living through it, and then like watching it, I was almost like I remember there was a period of time where. Producers were kind of getting hot at me because every time they'd uh, they'd mention Lee, I'd go into this like an Allen Iverson practice rant. Like mm. practice? What are we talking about? We talking about? We're not talking about the game. We're talking about practice, right? Because we've been <laughs> talking about this shit for weeks now. I don't want to talk about the game, the practice no more. So uh, it was just so. And then going back and like watching it, uh, it kind of even like I thought, oh, I could care less. And then I realized that I cared less after watching it because I thought deal with the whole situation like you know especially now when they go into his tweets and whatnot you know they all he's a racist or whatnot uh I will say this like going actually being the, the subject and the target of it I didn't feel like racism per se like racism what the aggressive comment you know, calling you aggressive uh, I, well, I mean, because I, 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 he called me aggressive because I was yelling at him. Right. He was just being a dick, you right. know what I mean? But again, but again, it didn't feel like he was, it, it didn't, it just felt like he was a guy who was completely out of his league and knew it. It's 12, sure. 13 dudes around that, that he, he was not in any one of these guys' class. So he just felt like he had to attach himself to make himself relevant. So then when I look back at it and I see that he was just doing the shit on purpose because he didn't have anything to do, well, that just means he's an asshole. Sure. <laughs> and, I, and he was just doing it on purpose. So, nah, that dude. And you, I'm wow. sure you figured that guy out because there's plenty of uh, Jay Browns like that in our business. For sure, man. For sure. That's why <laughs> I was so getting so frustrated because I had already figured him out and, and was on my, was on, you know, completing in the next town right. when they keep bringing me back, bringing me back. Into exactly. It. So. Well, we could talk about The Bachelorette. You have... Oh, yeah, just one more question touching base on that. What kind of responses did you get from people in the wrestling world, you know, like wrestling buddies, wrestling fans? What did they say when either, A, they found out you were going to be on The Bachelorette or after they've already seen you on the show? 
Well, the, the overwhelming majority of my friends in the business uh, are pissed at me because one because of one or two reasons. A, uh, their wives or girlfriends are making had made them watch The Bachelorette now, and they never <laughs> yeah. had any attention to it. <laughs> and B, their wives and girlfriends have eight million questions f- for me, and they're using them as a conduit. And I one, can't ask him any questions. And Kenny, you can ask him. Kenny, one of them's probably why can't you be more like Kenny? <laughs> oh, anyway, I don't want to get any. I don't want to get it at all. <laughs> I don't want any parts of that. Um, so I but, have. So yeah, that's uh, that was the main thing is people, people's girlfriends and wives just, hey, what about this? What about that? Mm-hmm. I'm like, man, would you please tell your lady I can't tell her anything because I'm not telling. Her. Right. Uh, so something a little bit different from Bachelorette, um, something that's happening in your hometown. There's going to be a big fight between Mayweather and McGregor. Who do you have? <laughs> I mean. Uh, uh, If I was putting money on it, if I was putting money on it, I mean, okay, if you had to put, if you had to put money on the fight, if I had to put money on the fight, I would only put money on Connor because that's the only way that you're going to win. Exactly. Uh, (laughs) But um, if if there's just no way that I mean, this is lose lose in either situation. That's why. You know, when when your work meter starts going off, your work alarm starts going off, you got to start looking at stuff. It's it's as fair for or as even for Floyd Mayweather to box Conor McGregor as it is for Conor McGregor to invite Floyd Mayweather into the octagon. Sure, Conor's a boxer, sure, but he ain't in the same galaxy as Floyd Mayweather. So and and in the and vice versa, you know I'm sure Floyd can sort of fight, but he ain't in the same galaxy as Floyd, as, as Connor when it comes to mixed martial arts. Do you see the press so conference? So now you got to look at why we why are we doing this? We're Sorry. doing this specifically, in my opinion, to get Floyd to 15-0. Because what what the hell? What else after the the Berto fight and the Pacquiao fight? Right. What other fight can we really promote that? featuring Floyd Mayweather that's going to get people to do this and look what they've been doing they're the same dude man they've been cutting promos on each other and popping yeah. shit about each like other forever years. just look at this I, did you watch <laughs> did you see the press conference yes. they had from here at the Staples Center yeah I've seen a little bit of it. I didn't get a chance to see see most of it, but I, I saw I saw Connor talking shit, and I saw Floyd doing his thing. It's it's you know it's, it's, I, it's I, entertainment. It seemed like it seemed like uh, Connor served him up. I, I mean, I, he, yeah. it seemed like he ate his lunch at the press. And and you know, like I think that um, you know this whole tax thing with, with Floyd, I think is messing with his head because his whole thing, you know, when he when he when he does his. Uh, his shit talking, a lot of it centers around how rich he is and how much money he has. You know, and like, I'd look. agree with you. Yeah, I don't. I don't uh, except here's is here's where I would I would just disagree. Small, uh, you got to look at when you got to look at the times when who Floyd's fought, yeah, and when he's needed to be a heel, and when he's just needed to sit back and let the babyface be a babyface. Case case in point, the Pacquiao fight. Right. Floyd didn't do a whole lot of shit talking the Pacquiao fight. He didn't do a whole lot of that. That flashy, ostentatious money Mayweather shit during that, that uh, the, the Pacquiao fight because he was already the heel. Pacquiao was already the baby face. So all right. they needed to do was just let Pacquiao be the baby face and Floyd was just going to be the heel anyway. I kind of feel like this is the same thing. You know, everybody at this point loves Connor. Floyd doesn't really need to talk much more shit for everybody to want to see, you know, Connor beat him up. Yeah. So all he really needs to do is just let Connor be Connor, and Connor's probably going to sell the fight on his own because Connor's as good as being Floyd as as, as Floyd is. And, and he is doing really well at it. And and I, I hell yeah, he is. he's actually 
teasing, you know, hey, if, you know, if, uh, you know, Floyd doesn't show me respect out there, you know, maybe there'll be a forearm or, or an elbow across the eye or something like that <laughs> accidentally, you know? And you know that there's there's provisions in the contract to prevent against that shit. Oh, people sure. People don't know that, so of course they're just, ri- they're, they're just riling people up. Yeah, it's, good I mean, stuff. it's great business. It's fantastic business. But you can't tell me Floyd Mayweather doesn't win on points. Like, I mean, like he always does. Sure. Yeah, no, I, I, I just, it's hard to, it's hard to, and we had, um, we had Chael Sonnen on a couple of weeks ago, and he was just like, Floyd Mayweather has to absolutely destroy him. I mean, you know, there's just no two ways about it. It can't be any other way. I, yeah, I agree with that, but, you know, it, it's, if he doesn't destroy him and he just outboxes him, then you, you know, then you just get what you, then you get that. The only, the only surprise will be if Floyd goes out there and takes Connor's head off. Yeah. Anything else is just going to be, oh, this is exactly what we knew was going to happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hey, hey, uh, Kenny, uh, w- what's going on uh, in your wrestling career now? Well, wrestling is good, man. I'm, uh, I'm still in a contract with Ring of Honor. Ah, uh, okay. Uh, it's, uh, so me personally, uh, we just, did a thing where my my group I was in a group called the Rebellion. We yes. had to disband. So yeah, I saw now that. I'm solo, man. I'm uh, I'm focused on my on on Kenny King. I'm focused on on this uh, a singles, you know, this singles thing that I got going on right now. I'm in the gym all the time. I'm because <laughs> being a tag wrestler, going from being a tag wrestler to being a singles wrestler is very different. Tell me about uh, it. But I'm focused. <laughs> I, I only do tag <laughs> matches these days for that very reason, yeah. Ken. Because you're smart, bro. I'm old, but, man. <laughs> well, that's true. <laughs> but but have you had? But have I'm what, happy about that. what I'm get what I'm getting at is like, uh, have you gotten back into the swing of things wrestling wise at all? Like I know you so you said you're just back in the gym so far. No, uh, I've I've been back actually wrestling with ROH since we did the World of War of the Worlds tour in first week of June. So. Oh, okay. uh, June was my first show. I've probably worked about four shows since then. But that first, those first two shows, after not taking bumps and wrestling for seven weeks, was was very interesting. Is that the longest amount but, uh, of time you had off in a while? Yeah, that's the longest. That's the longest I've had off in maybe four or five years. Wow. You know, Ric Flair. One of the things he used to say is, "Time off is a wrestler's worst enemy." For sure, it is. Yeah. For sure, your body starts feeling weird, and and it doesn't really know how to take not bumping, but it's starting to get used to not bumping. And those like those those little aches and pains, they kind of get to be familiar friends to us in a way, man. It's mm-hmm. weird, and then you and then you mm-hmm. feel weird when also, hey, you know, I don't hurt anymore. You know? Nothing hurts. You feel weird, but nothing hurts. Yeah, I, I something's wrong. I tell my wrong. girlfriend that she's like, why are you, why are you complaining? Because nothing hurts. I'm like, I don't know. It's weird. It's different. <laughs> Well, talking about Ring of Honor, your former manager from Ring of Honor, Austin Aries, just asked for his release from the WWE. Have you had any contact with him? Uh, I haven't spoke to Aries since he asked for his release, but I, you know, Aries and I are really good friends. We speak uh, pretty regularly. Um, well, you know what I say about that is Austin Aries is a guy who knows his worth. Uh, That's right. He knows his. He, you know, he knows where he fits in the wrestling business um and he's not a guy who's a mark for himself or any three letters of any company that he works for he 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 wants to always be in in the best possible situation for himself and the company so uh whatever that you know 
the specifics of that reason is, I guarantee you, uh, it was just to do what was best for Austin Aries. Yeah. I saw him, I saw him a few weeks ago here, like, and it was before this, before he asked for his release, and I, it was quite obvious that it was about to happen, because he was, mm-hmm. it was the most unhappy I'd ever, ever seen him, ever. And I've seen him, like, go through stuff at TNA where they were jerking him around back in the day. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, yeah, man, he just, he's that guy, he does not want, he knows, like you said, he knows his worth. And uh, I'm a huge Austin Aries fan. Everyone know, like that hears me talk about yeah, knows that. Uh, and uh, I, he doesn't want to be wasted. I don't want him. I as as a selfishly as a wrestling fan, I'm still a huge wrestling fan, Kenny. I I don't want to see him wasted. I want to see him in great matches with somebody somewhere while he still could do it. Right, and I think that's what he wants too. You know, I know that he probably we all know how much we have left in the tank, and I think he's kind of like maybe looking that in the mirror. Yeah. Uh, and and realizing that okay, if I only have this much left, I'm not trying to give this, and and only get this much or get this much out of it. You know, yeah. we all we're all, all taught, you know, get the most out of everything you do. So sure, um, I'm I'm happy for him because if he's doing the, if he did that, then that means he did it to make himself happy. And That's as right. his friend, you know, all, all I'm doing is supporting him. Now, how long is your how long is your deal with uh, with ROH? I signed a deal in January, so it's a year deal. It'll be up in January again. Uh, they didn't try to get you for more than a year. Uh, we talked about it, and it just didn't. Uh, it just didn't, you know, materialize for one one reason or the other. But uh, it, but it was definitely something in the works. Uh, I can probably foresee it. again. Who knows what will happen between now and then? I'm very happy uh, at Ring of Honor. Uh, uh, you you like, don't seem like the only one that's very happy around there. What's the difference between that and that uh, Impact when you worked? Uh, there, <laughs> you might get my damn check on time, bro. Campaign <laughs> 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 on time is a huge uh, advantage and difference. But that, and also, you know, the, the culture at ROH is—it's it, always been we're going we just we're just going to blow this shit up, yeah. <laughs> and it doesn't matter who's there, whether it's AJ or the Briscoes, or Roddy, or everybody just, we, we, it's just a very, it's a team mentality, and everybody wants to, to put their best effort on each card to make each show the best, uh, and I'm not saying it wasn't like that, uh, at Impact, but it's very much like that at ROH. And it seems like everyone, when, when everyone's on the same page like that, and everyone's moving in the same direction... It, that's that seems like the difference to me a lot of times, and like, like the the maybe the impact was a little bit more chaotic, and you have people pulling this way and that way, and I wanted you know their own little agendas, and you know, um, yeah, the ROH environment just from my experiences visiting seems like just you know that that environment that just and, and it's it seems like a more of a nurturing environment too, man. It is. It's. it's an environment where they encourage you to be as good as you can be and do do the best you can do. So if you if you're you know you're having a it doesn't matter whether you're wrestling Will Ferrero or you're wrestling you know Kushida or Okada, yeah. you are not ever encouraged to to dial it back. Now obviously every match on the show has its place in every you know you build a build right, card yeah, but right. it's never a place where it's like oh no we only want to reserve the good matches for these couple of guys they want everybody to show 
there's the whole thing about Ring of Honor is you can it's always been if you want to prove that you can wrestle, you're going to wrestle here. Uh, and the guys that can wrestle have wrestled there and proven it. So it's it's always been a, a, a place where where steel sharpens steel uh, in the wrestling business. Nice. Hey, um, you heard from WWE at all? Any interest in going there? Uh, we talked in December. Um, you know, I, I talked to uh, to Regal, and uh-huh. just a, ma- a major problem for me is uh, I can't move to I can't move to Florida. Oh, uh, gotcha. <laughs> That's just a big thing for yep. me. You know, moving to Florida I, I, means that I have to relinquish my custody of my little girl. And, uh, that's a that's a tall order. That's right. So, yeah, uh, that's not worth it, man. Know, not to me. No, it's, it's not. Really not. It's not. And trust me, uh, people will. Uh, they might think it's worth it, and and they'll find out eventually. It's not. It's not. There's so many scenarios that could play out. You know, with that, I could for sure. I, I mean, there's no doubt in my mind that yeah, I go to NXT and excel and be on the main roster and do all of these things that I know that I can do that all my friends are doing. Um, but then, let's say three, four years later, I come back with a big sack full of money, and but I've been gone for 75 percent of the year for four or five years right. and now the, my relationship with my daughter is completely different and there's not a, a dollar bill in this big sack of money that can fix broken relationships yeah amen to that man amen to that but I, I just think that you're going to eventually uh, end up there uh, I, I mean I just know it I say that I, about know, so many that, people that, that come on the show that would be validation you know that would be validation for, for my career uh even though I don't, it's not necessarily, I'm not seeking that validation. Right. Oh, I, I don't think that I'm anything if I don't get to WWE. But obviously, everybody who who wrestles uh, is seeking that validation ever so slightly. But it doesn't drive me or motivate me or keep me up to, at, at night. Uh, I know I've got the skill set. I know I've yeah. got, you know, what it takes to be there. Uh, and if it happens, it happens. It's not fantastic. Hey, man, how about the beatdown clan? <sighs> How Good about stuff, it, man? man. This, this is the one thing that I miss the most out of everything that I've ever done in wrestling. Is yeah. I wish that that could have gotten to be what it was supposed to be. Uh, yeah, well, go ahead. Go Joe, ahead, Loki, and P is just... Well, when Hernandez amazing. joined the Beatdown Clan but still was under contract for Lucha, TNA had to pull a bunch of stuff they'd already shot and aired with you, or shot with you guys that they couldn't air. How many storylines were you in that were affected by that? And, like, what didn't we get to see that we should have? It destroyed the group. It destroyed everything. Those, All of those, it was seven or eight weeks of taping, which was, you know, Bully was the commissioner, and it was, we were pretty much had had enough of asking, and we were, we were taking stuff, and we were, we were establishing Hernandez as, you know, our fourth in the group. Uh, homicide was hurt, and, he, you know, he couldn't really fill in the way we wanted him to. Joe, obviously a huge piece, was gone. Yeah. Uh, so we were just looking at filling that piece. You know, you can't fill uh, the hole that Joe leaves with anybody. But right. obviously Hernandez and, 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 and Homicide have the LAX thing. And it, it was a very good idea to bring Homicide or uh, Hernandez in. But, you know, <laughs> the office and it, it, it killed the group because with what we had without if they took what we had done out, then basically all of us were absent for TV for seven or eight weeks. Mm-hmm. So you might as well just set the group on fire because there's no way to bring it back. Do you think someone And you in the also office... missed me hitting Bobby Lashley with a crossbody off the top of the cage, which I'm pretty pissed about, but whatever. <laughs> Do you think someone in the office should have taken responsibility instead of putting it all on MVP? Oh, no, that's right. Of course, man. Listen. <laughs> Listen. 
this is the first time I've ever spoken about it, but I will speak out very candidly about it. How is that MVP's fault in any way, shape, or form? He's talent. He, he recommends a talent. It is, you've got all these lawyers and you've got all these people that work in, in Panda and in and, and the office uh, to for this sort of thing. You mean to tell me nobody thought it would be a good idea to check? I mean, it's standard. It's standard uh, operating procedure nowadays in pro wrestling to see, hey, let me see your non-compete. Yeah. When's your not? When's your deal? But when's your not compete up? It, this is just how pro wrestling works in the 21st century. So how yeah. could you not ask to see a guy's non compete when you know he just came from a place which is on television? Wow. So yeah, somebody in the office dropped the ball big time, and then you know they they, they hung the blame on P, and that's just bad business. Now, why do you think that was, man? Like, I mean, besides somebody else not wanting to, you know, own their own uh, screw ups. Like, was there something else going on there? They didn't like. Uh, P for for some I don't reason. Know. I don't know. It it, it didn't. It I didn't love make that any guy, sense man. Because it seemed as though they were they were do finally doing kind of you know whatever they said they were going to do with us was finally going to come to fruition. So it seemed as though okay, our patience and our you know you have to put up with certain things and our flexibility was starting to pay off. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, because somebody didn't cross an eye. You know, across the T, you dot the I, the whole group is on fire. Sure. And, and then the, and then it's all of a sudden MVP's fault. And I, none of that makes any sense to me. Because it does. Cause it, <laughs> it's ridiculous, man. Yeah. Uh, hey, you, hey I, I, I put a tweet out the other day talking about how great it is, uh, uh, how, how great wrestling is right now. You know, um, there's m- more wrestlers now are making a full-time living than any other time in wrestling since since the territory days, you know, since the territories have died off, and and it, and it reminds me of like what you what you just said about you know maybe ending up in WWE being validation, but like there's a lot of great places to go in wrestling right now, so like that validation can be had in in in, a, in other other ways, you know. You're 100 percent correct. I mean, this is since I broke in, I was just talking to Sanjay and Chris Saban about this. This is the only time since I broke in that I can remember there being, like you said, a handful of different places to make a living. Yep. There was only two places before, you know. Yep. Now guys can can be legit professional wrestlers in so many different yep. places. And even though wrestling isn't experienced that like that mainstream resurgence the way that it has in the, in the 90s, but it's really coming back, like the independent yes. scene, and, and people are very much interested in different styles of wrestling other than WWE wrestling. Yes. So exactly what you said. I mean, for me, uh, I, I want to wrestle at the Tokyo Dome. So wrestling at Wrestle Kingdom for New Japan would be uh, almost as much validation as signing a WWE contract for me. So, you know, everybody has to kind of reevaluate their goals now and say, okay, is WWE the end-all, be-all? And if it's not, where can I go to make a living and still love what I'm doing? Yeah. Man, hey, Kenny, uh, there's uh, – t- anybody want to want to get anything else in before we let Kenny go? Because, I mean, you know, we've taken up a lot of your time as it is already. <laughs> it's all good, man. This has been a great talk. Scott. We yeah. don't get to talk enough, Sean. I know, right? That's why you know. That's what happens is I get my uh, friends and, and 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 that on here, and it's the only time I get to catch up with them. So right, right, sweet. But go ahead, Scott. I'm sorry. Yeah, there was one, uh, Kenny. Uh, you know, you talked about broken relationships a little bit ago, and you know, one that's still ongoing. Has it gotten any better between you and Jim Cornette? 
fuck Jim Cornette. <laughs> you know, I mean, it could be the best day of my life. I could fucking walk out and find a million dollars in a briefcase, and I'd look at that million dollars and still say, fuck Jim Cornette. I forgot about that. You know, yeah. I, I, I'm doing some research right now to see if Lee from The Bachelorette is uh, Jim Cornette's son. You know, I'll check on that for you. <laughs> you know... <laughs> he, they, they might as well. They might as well be related. They, they, they hold the same place in my heart. Wow. Yeah. I don't even. I guess I. I don't even want to touch that. It says it all right there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah there's not it much. Just didn't got better, you know. Yeah. Because I mean, like you yeah, know, no, we I don't. Mean, it is what it is. Yeah, and and we don't like we're. T- I was talking about giving people free rent in our brains, and like you don't want to. You know, you don't want to do it. Nah. Yeah. Well, that's that. what I said. I said. I said what I said, and you know, we can move on. It does. It's not going to change. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> it's going to continue. Well, that doesn't mean that it's. Uh, it just it just is what it is. Well, you just said one of your goals is to go to New Japan and wrestle at the Tokyo Dome uh, at Wrestle Kingdom. I also heard that one of your goals is to act alongside The Rock in a movie. Is that true? That's a true statement, yeah. What role would uh, you mean, like to play in movie would you like to do or maybe remake a movie? Here's what I want to do, and I swear if anybody steals my idea, I'm coming to get you. Uh, <laughs> I want, I, I want to make, I actually pitched this to Terry Crews and we laughed about this. Uh, this was a couple years ago. But I want to, I, I feel like me and The Rock should make a movie called Swole Mates, where we're just, we're two guys uh, that used to be either real skinny or real fat, and we got super jacked. And it's like Step Brothers and right. Jim. And we, and we go over our, uh, you know, our escapades. I mean, I don't want to talk too much because yeah. it's my story. But don't give away. Uh, Nick, Kenny King and The Rock in Swole Mates is everything that America needs right now i think you're right i love it yeah i think you're right man kenny man, thank you so much for coming on i, I i'm, I'm so you, grateful man, man. and and thank you for representing uh the industry uh the way you the way you have and uh and man um i hope to see you soon since you know you're in vegas man i need a, i'm four hours away now so. Ring of Honor has shows hey, in Vegas in August, September. right? September. September twenty twenty second. September pay per view. You yeah. you you can be my guest, Sean. You can oh, let man. me know. Thank you, Kenny. Thank you so much, man. Um, you got and, it. And I hope you have a, have an awesome day, man. And, and my best, will, my love to your mom. My love to your mom. You guys, thank you. Thanks, Kenny. But, Thanks. All right. That was awesome. That was sweet. <laughs> I always say that after we're done, right? Because they're I always, always so say good. How great that was. Yeah, I know, but. Super you know, nice guy. What do you say about that? So, should we take a break or are we done? I think we're done. I, I think yeah. let's wrap it up. Mark, what's up, man? Are we done? It's your call, boss. Yeah, like, hey, let's get the let's uh, you know do the the uh, obligatory closing uh, closing not arguments but. <laughs> well, this weekend, July fifteenth, Sean will be at Midwest All Pro. That's in right. South Dakota, you said. Yes, in South Dakota. You'll be signing. Sis, how do you pronounce that? I can't pronounce the. So, anyways, yeah. Uh, you'll be signing with Scott Hall. That's right. So check out tickets at Midwest All Pro on Twitter. I'll have the information. And then Very social cool. media, follow us on AfterBuzz TV, Twitter, The Real XPOC, uh, IG, XPOC12360. You can hit XPOC on his DMs. Uh, Facebook, Do360 <laughs> <laughs> Show. And as far as iTunes, five stars or better. Also leave your comments on YouTube, all that good stuff. And buy shirts at Pro Wrestling T at Sean Walton. Yeah, prowrestlingtees.com slash Sean Waltman. And, uh, yeah, go on there and and buy some shirts. Um, I need the money. Yeah. Yeah. He's got Lulu dog bills to pay. Yeah, dog food, (laughs) doggy diapers. 
doggy dresses. Yeah, all that stuff. So, anyways, hey, I love everybody out there, and I'm so grateful that you guys tune in uh, every week. And we'll see you all next week right here on Act. I was, I said that wrong. <laughs> right here on After Buzz TV, Xbox One Two Three Sixty. From executive producers Maria Manunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, Sean Waltman, producers Jimbo Frank and TK Trinidad, managing producer of AfterBuzz TV Wrestling Mark Donica, and the entire X-Pac 12360 staff, we would like to thank you for tuning in. Like us on Facebook, rate and comment on iTunes and YouTube, follow X-Pac on Twitter at TheRealXPac, and email us at xpac12360show at gmail.com. This has been a presentation of the AfterBuzz TV Network. Buzz you later! 